0: Thanks for joining me again today. We've got a guest Gabriel and he's going to be talking today about psoriasis, psoriatic arthritis, knee problems. Uh, he's also a man of faith, so we're going to talk about the power of having God in our lives to help us with getting through very very difficult times. And he's also going to talk about the effect of trauma and how that may have played a role in his early dysbiosis which may have led to his psoriatic arthritis situation. But the story is once again a wonderful happy ending, but I'll let him give a, a brief summary of how far he's come in the last twelve months or so. Uh, so, Gabrielle, thanks for joining us, and uh, and how are you now? Before uh, compared to where you might have been a little while ago?
1: Sure, yeah, thanks. Well, thanks so much for having me, Clint. Like, it's really wonderful to be talking with you. It's really been an amazing journey. In terms of the before and after, at my darkest point, I was thinking that I'd probably never play basketball again, or at least Never be able to do that without a lot of medication. And I even thought, I mean, something like psoriatic arthritis, you hear the horror stories that once it starts moving in your fingers, and I was starting to feel some swelling in my fingers, you know, then you're in a lot of trouble. And uh, so I was starting to get pretty worried. Fortunately for me, I, I think probably because your program's getting a lot of momentum, I was able to find it relatively quickly in my journey. So I didn't have to jump on to methotrexate, though I was, I was close. I was offered that on December 17th of this past year and found your program on Christmas Eve on December 24th. So I started it on Christmas and thought this is where it's at like I'm going I'm going all in, you know. And pretty much instantly started noticing results. Most notably the fatigue went away. Like that was the most immediate thing. My knee was the size of a uh, a softball when the doctor aspirated it when he pulled out the fluid. He said that that's what you would expect for uh, an ACL tear. Oh, wow. There's was a lot of fluid in there, and I just kind of normalized to it. And it's just like in the last couple of days, that, I mean, it's, it's still getting better. Like a little bit's going away every single day, Wow! Uh, which is neat. But the last couple of weeks, I started playing basketball again, no problem, and actually feel more athletic than I've ever felt in my life. So that's kind of cool. Almost all that swelling is gone. It took some patience, you know, to let that, It's what are we, about three months now, but it's just been wonderful. It's been awesome. So, and, and all sorts of unforeseen benefits too. Yeah.
0: Okay, great. Well, we'll talk about those unforeseen benefits as we get into this in more detail. And we'll talk about your psoriasis in a lot more detail as well, because uh, we haven't covered a lot of that in detail in other Episodes. So, we've had other obviously other guests with psoriasis, psoriatic arthritis, but we haven't gone into a lot of detail on in, in the ways in which we can influence and, and exhibit power and control over it. So, we're going to get into that in more detail. I know you've got some great tips to share for folks who sure. have psoriasis, and this is also going to be really interesting from a point of view if people are, are interested in, uh, you know, getting remaining or getting more physically active because you're a young, physically active uh, guy where strength, athleticism is important, and so we can cover that as well. Your story isn't going to be particularly long. We chatted about that just briefly before we started recording. But let's let's spend the adequate amount of time uh, going through maybe the formative years of gut dysbiosis. Uh, Sure. When did you start to feel that things weren't right in the stomach, which ultimately led to then getting these uh, symptoms last year?
1: Sure. Yeah, so first, just a brief comment. You often talk about the nose being an indicator of swelling. And now that I've gone through this experience and, and kind of reflected on it, I can remember having, like, I there's this very distinct memory when I was a kid of eating potato chips and having my nose swell up. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really fascinating. Now, maybe I'm making that memory up. You know, I don't know. But I, I think I have a distinct memory of that. So that's just, you know, kind of an aside. But uh, in my case, As I've reflected on this throughout the the process, I actually think that the gut dysbiosis probably started when I was 16 when my dad died. Mm. Um, He passed away from, uh, he was born with a congenital heart defect, and basically his heart gave out. But my family also has a history of dying from heart disease. So as another side note, getting into this dietary stuff has been really fascinating just to learn about prevention and reversal of heart disease.
0: And, Most definitely.
1: you know, so it's a really important topic, something really worthwhile to dig into just for that. And I think, I think because he died, well, first off, in terms of the mechanism as to causing the gut dysbiosis, I listened to a lecture by a biology professor at Stanford on, he's got a book called Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers. And uh, his name is Robert Sapolsky. Anyways, the long story uh, short is that Ulcers in your stomach are caused by a stress response that changes your gut. And the changes in your gut lead it to being more friendly to bad bacteria and less friendly to good bacteria. And primarily because of something about stopping the blood flow and stopping the digestion. So you have stuff not being digested. So you have a lot of bad stuff happening there. So that leads to ulcers and that, I think a guy won a Nobel Prize from that. Maybe even an Australian, actually. But uh, in my case, what I started to experience after his death was um, severe fatigue. I mean, typical stress response stuff, typical grief stuff. But that lasted through a lot of my college years. So high school through college, normalized to it. In college, I I had a year where I just had constant nausea and my eyes would get really red. I was on the rowing team in college, so pretty active guy but um i just wasn't recovering and i mean just tired all the time so so I, I mean yeah go ahead
0: i can only imagine that at 16 years old you know that your father's got this uh susceptibility and a weakness in that particular area of his body he passes away and you've immediately noticed after that a degradation in your health i mean it, on a scale of 1 to 10 i mean was it was it for you at 16 like a 10 out of 10 This is like my life just sort of just changed in the worst possible way, losing your dad. I mean, it would obviously appear for most people to be the case, but did it just rock you to the core? Sure. Hmm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Now, for me, so I'm the oldest, and uh, I'm also kind of a hard-driven, you know, hard-driving kind of guy. Uh, So my stress response was to just work, like just work, 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 work. Mm Mm-hmm and and lose myself in that right which probably also is somewhat related to the fact that i am susceptible to gut dysbiosis (laughs) right
0: right Um, yeah it's like type a kind of go hard everything's got to be a success kind of personality yeah this is so common
1: right right and i hear it a lot in your podcast i've heard it from a lot of other sources um and you know common wisdom just kind of tells us this yeah so in terms of the level um, mm. If I were to quantify that, I mean, yeah, definitely a 10 out of a 10 in terms of life-changing, health-changing. I I was constantly getting tested for, well, not constantly, but a, a couple of times we had, uh, my mom's a nurse, and she said, you must have mono or you must have pneumonia or something. Like, right. yep. you're just so tired all the time. Yeah. And so I get my blood drawn, and, you know, we test for this every couple of years because I was just, the severe fatigue and these symptoms I couldn't explain. Mm-hmm but the thing about fatigue in particular is that you normalize to it and so you kind of just start to think this is normal mm. this is why everybody drinks caffeine now i was fortunate i never really liked coffee and i don't like caffeine much and so stayed away from that but i just kind of normalized to it and made up for it to a large degree just by being a workaholic yeah and slowly over the course of my college years i started to learn hey i got to take care of my body if i'm going to get any work done you know mm. And especially if the quality of my work is going to be good. So I started, you know, really emphasizing my sleep and, and trying to eat a relatively healthy standard American diet, you know, trying to get a lot of greens in. I thought if I eat enough greens, I can make up for whatever else I'm eating.
0: See, that's very rare um, for a guy at any age. I never, I, I, like, <laughs> never, <laughs> I'll never forget. I was at the grocery store with a friend of mine, a couple of friends of mine. Um, and my, the friend in, in this story is called Justin and Justin, uh, went up to the green section of the grocery store in the, in the produce department and he, he lifted up a pack of their, uh, their mung bean sprouts, right? Those little mung bean sprouts that you often see in, uh, uh, well in our program or, or on things like Asian salads and stuff, um, and stir fries. And I called over the other friends, my mates who was with me and I said, his nickname's Hass. I'm like, look what Hass is buying. What <laughs> is that? And like, I'd never seen it before. And I was ridiculing him so bad because I was absolutely like blown away that anyone in the world would pick that up to eat that. That's where I was at, right? I was the, I was, and, and anyway, I've never forgotten that because it was not because it's relevant these days. But just because I'm still so shocked, uh, uh, sure the shocked if someone would pick up mung bean sprouts is something you'd want to buy and eat, so uh, right. that, that's, right. that that was a crazy moment for me
1: yeah, and, well, and you're also trained i don't know if this was your experience, especially as a guy, but you're thinking basically in terms of macronutrients and you're thinking primarily protein, yeah. and so it's kind of like, okay, well, what do I get from eating that? you know <laughs> like what right. value does that exactly. have Exactly. how does that help right and. <sighs> And you know, kind of train with this mindset, not really well, for one thing, being way too much in my head and not listening to my body, yeah, I basically just kind of viewed the world in terms of macronutrients and thought I just got to pound the protein in, yeah, basically, yeah, so you know, years of that, no wonder things start to get messed up, and, and when you start combining a couple of other things, you know, I still haven't been able to track down the proximate cause to to the arthritis, mm. it might have been eating a lot of mango. <laughs> the Right around the time that it started to swell, I was eating like three or four, male, no, two or three mangoes a day. But if we, if we just
0: wind back a little bit here, you had sure. already had the psoriasis, which according to, if you listen to the medical community, it's an autoimmune disease, right? So sure. let's just sort of say that maybe that the conditions of autoimmunity had started already. And so the mango, I think, is 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 being falsely accused in this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, mangoes are great! Mangoes are great! Uh- uh, but uh, you know, sometimes,
0: you know, who knows, right? I think what you said a moment ago, we can't pinpoint it. We cannot pinpoint it. But right. but my right. my little way out of these situations is always to say, well, look, if you simply have a Western diet, then you have a chance of getting an autoimmune disease, and that that is Absolutely. that is true. That is true. It's just more. I want to say fun or more satisfying when we can pinpoint. Uh, oh, yeah. There was antibiotics involved, or hey, I had some immunizations. Uh, you know, months before, or oh, I you know my hormones were all over the place because I'd just given birth to my second child. This stuff comes up all the time. Oh, um, right, right. But
1: but yeah, yeah, and that's well, I guess maybe one quick comment on that. I think it's that sort of pinpointing and scapegoating that makes it very difficult for medical science to actually appreciate dietary solutions. Because we fall into that so much, well, and also because we typically don't abide by the diets that we're (laughs) supposed to be on. Um, But because we fall into this scapegoating mentality, we don't have a holistic view of the body. So we we think in terms of like this particular food or this particular food. But this experience has taught me to a large degree that you really got to be more holistic. And so you're absolutely right in terms of pointing out the psoriasis. So Mm. something that's fairly well-established with psoriatic arthritis is that psoriasis typically sets in four to five years before psoriatic arthritis for something like 70% of people who get psoriatic arthritis. And in my case, I had scalp psoriasis primarily, but um, by the time that the swelling had started, I had a big spot here on my head, my eyebrows, and my ears, just like white flakes falling everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, I looked, I mean, I, I don't really know exactly How to describe it, it's just like these white flakes falling everywhere. Mm -hmm. And um I always thought, well, I just dry skin, you know, dry skin. Psoriasis wasn't a big deal for me because it didn't slow me. I didn't realize that it was slowing me down. And uh I just ignored it. You know, it's just a weird spot here on the back of my scalp, you know, no big deal. And that's that's partially what you get when you come from this model of viewing symptoms as kind of isolated incidents. But if you start to see if you start to see psoriasis as a good indicator, a very sensitive indicator of, uh, of your immune system and your autoimmune reaction, then you start to realize, hey, this is actually very, very helpful because mm-hmm. it's telling me something about my body. And a good chunk, I think maybe like a third of people who get psoriasis end up with some sort of psoriatic arthritis. But because it happens so slowly, we normalize to it. You know, we, it's, like the, it's like the frog in the pot. Mm. You know, it's, the water gets warmer and warmer until so you hit a breaking point. And maybe this is a good time to just kind of mention that breaking point on, on my end. Basically, I had uh, a couple of months of this. So mid-July, my arthritis set in. My knee started to become the size of a, a softball mm-hmm. and um, went to the sports doc here. I'm at the University of Notre Dame. Oh, so yeah. I went to a sports doc here. And uh, he said, okay, well, we did an MRI. Your knee looks perfectly fine. Uh, looks great, actually. So here's some prednisone try 16 days of this, mm-hmm. see what happens. So a pretty aggressive treatment, pretty aggressive dosage, tapered off of that, felt great during the prednisone, but still had some fairly significant swelling. So after that, he sent me to the rheumatologist. My RA factor in my blood was, um, was negative. So it wasn't RA, um, or at least from the blood test wasn't. So October 13th or so, I saw um, a rheumatologist in town. He came away pretty quickly, just with psoriatic arthritis. And at that point, some of my own research had begun to indicate that. Fortunately, like the next day or two, I had also set up a visit to the Cleveland Clinic Functional Medicine Center. And just to kind of mention this, because I just watched Jackie's podcast this morning, uh, and she mentions this in there, I actually saw Jackie there on the day that she was there at the Cleveland Clinic Functional Medicine Center. And uh, I remember... Basically, she said something like, you know, diet has made a huge difference in my life. You're on the right track. Keep going. And um,
0: what a classic meeting. What a chance meeting. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So basically, uh, Cleveland Clinic recommends a basic elimination diet as kind of a baseline. So that's a little bit more specific in terms of eat this food group and not this food group. And so I started on that, eventually got into AIP.
0: Just explain to listeners in a, in thirty seconds what you were eating on AIP.
1: Sure, sure. So AIP primarily what you eliminate is most starches, except for maybe sweet potatoes. And I also kind of thought, okay, well maybe I have some kind of candida overgrowth or mm. or small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, so I, I should limit my starches. Mm. Get most of my calories from from meat. Actually, it was basically <laughs> kind of like how I interpreted it, you know, because I was kind of like, yeah. where the heck am I going to, you know, yeah. if I'm running around playing sport, I mean, trying to be active and like, what am I going to eat to mm. get calories? And I saw a lot of success with AIP. I saw enough success to realize I was on the right track. And I slowly started to to get more greens in and uh, learned a lot about, about gut science from some of the AIP websites. You know, there's some very informative stuff out there in terms about, gut health and i know one of the one of the things that gave me some encouragement in this in this track was uh i know a guy who overcame hyperthyroidism primarily using an AIP sort of approach with changing the gut bacteria and you know his gut bacteria and i thought that's pretty cool
0: Hmm. check in with him in 10 years time and see how he's doing
1: Right. So you but, know so we'll see, but yeah, it's a it's
0: a wait and see for sure. And I don't want to dwell on this too much because we've got a lot of other stuff I want to talk about. But sure, uh, sure. you know, carbs and protein don't digest well at the same time, right? So if we've got starchy foods and we've got high protein foods, one requires alkalinity enzymes and the other requires with the proteins required an acidic stomach. So it's best to keep them separated. So the old meat and potatoes thing, although it's a famous sort of combination, it's not ideal for digestion. And so if you, take, if you take one away, you're going to digest better. But my view is that's taking the wrong one away because if you take right. away the meat, then you've got starches, complex carbohydrates, which are the ideal fuel source for the body and you haven't got the animal products and all the problems associated with the digestion and acidity and, and inflammation. So that's one of the reasons why you feel better is because suddenly you're digesting better because you're not trying True. to do two opposite things at the same time. That's one thing. But the other thing with regards to your friend, because I just got to always say this, is simply by eliminating dairy products, which a plant-based diet and AIP both agree upon, just by doing that for enough people can stop some autoimmune symptoms. So it could have just been dairy.
1: Right, right. Mm. And I think one of the other kind of paradigm shifts that this whole experience has taught me is that what you're shooting for is wellness. You're shooting for thriving
0: hmm.
1: Not just like elimination of symptoms and the sort of thriving that I've experienced. I mean, I literally just wake up every day feeling awesome. And that's what I tell people. And I look at their face. and They're just like, <laughs> they just don't believe me. You know, I'm like, I have so much energy. I just I my mind is sharper. I just feel so good. You know, like I want to just I wake up and I'm just ready to go. It's just kind of it's this normalization thing again. You know, it just kind of happens. Uh, just to kind of pick up that thread, I guess, where I was at. So I started in- increasing my intake of greens and started to notice some results. My psoriasis was really uh, going down. I was controlled. I could identify foods that were kind of causing reactions. And then it really was so at that point, I was pretty close to essentially a plant based diet, except for a lot of meat and the oils. Mm. So, so that, that sounds kind of funny to say that. But I, what I mean by that is that dairy was out. I was being very careful about what I was eating. And really all it took for the shift to happen was eliminating the meat and then eliminating the oil. Mm-hmm. Massive. Bam. And then well, increasing my intake of I big bowls of rice. You know, It's like these right. huge, huge bowls of rice, uh, which are great. Rice is great.
0: <laughs> rice um, is great. And so in the interest of time and I want to cover some other things. Sure, sure. And we both sort of touched upon a, a summary of of your improvements at the start. You then were able to you shifted across to that you Christmas Christmas day you started the program. It sounds like yeah. you got immediate results and you haven't looked back in the last 3 months and now you feel tremendous and wake up every day feeling awesome. Have I missed anything that we should cover before I got, I got other questions for you?
1: No, I think that's I think that's pretty good. Yeah.
0: It's great. I know you're still working on your knee, but you're playing basketball again, you're pumping that through some very, very intense leaping, jumping, landing and so anyone's knee that's not 100% is going to have a little bit of uh of of nurturing to do. I mean, you see the NBA players, they're they're always taking right. time out. I'm a fan of the right. uh the the 76ers and uh you know that Joel Embiid, he's always taking time out. He's got oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, let's talk about uh, here are the things I want to uh, get some tips from you. You mentioned just before we started that you wanted to talk about miso paste. Let's talk about miso paste and its sure. connection to your health.
1: Sure. Yeah. So cutting out the meat, cutting out the oil, increasing the starches was great. And then I kind of hit not quite a plateau because I saw a lot of consistent results. Like every day I was seeing progress. So every day I wake up and feel my knee. You know, I've heard you yeah. mention that too. Like you feel yeah. your knee and you're like, okay, where's the swelling at? Where's the swelling at? So. I kind of thought, okay, well maybe the next step is I need to get my probiotics in. Maybe I just need to really pump those in, because I heard you, you know, Mm -hmm. just pump them in, pump them in. The only thing that I had on hand at the time at the seminary, so I live at a seminary, kind of an institutional setting, and um, that made for an interesting experience. They've been really great and helpful, uh, my kitchen staff here with with all of this. Anyways, we had some dairy kefir on hand, Mm. and I listened to your podcast on uh, fermented oatmeal. And so I thought, you know what? Like things are going well. I'm just going to try this fermented oatmeal thing out, see what happens. And basically, I think what happened was one of two things either it's it helped for a bit, and then maybe my body got to the point where it wasn't helping at all, or probably more likely, my body was doing an incredible job of healing. And like the probiotics that it was getting, maybe they helped a little bit, but like maybe was able to kind of just handle it, so that was my first foray into kefir. But I did notice, touching on the nose again, mm. right away when I, right away when I did the kefir, the fermented oatmeal, my nose would open up, and I thought that was interesting. I thought, you know, maybe a good sign. Mm-hmm. So I did some further testing a couple of months down the road, and um, had been doing kind of some fermented oatmeal and started starting. At this point, I'd gotten so good that really my psoriasis was my main indicator of whether or not a food was good. Right. So it's, the cool thing about psoriasis is that it reacts pretty quickly. And it will tell you pretty much, I mean usually within 12 hours, you know, if you're on the right track. Mm-hmm. So similar to the way that you would use your pain as your measurement, mm-hmm. my psoriasis is my measurement. Mm-hmm. Because my arthritis at the very, you know, at least, it's actually not been that painful. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot of swelling. So the psoriasis is really helpful. Mm. So, anyways, long story short, I said I need to get some some fermented vegetables. What's the easiest way to do that? And I've been holding off on the miso paste mainly out of laziness. Like mainly, I was so happy with the results I was seeing, yeah. And I was like, where the heck do I buy something like that? <laughs> you know. Anyways, I found an Oriental uh, store here in town and realized, well, this is super cheap. You know, a two-pound bag for five dollars, and it tastes great. And so I just started. Pumping that into my rice, you know, a couple of spoonfuls yeah. in my big bowls of rice. Yeah,
0: I call that the mega miso soup.
1: Oh yeah, it's great. Oh, and I started the seaweed too. Oh, seaweed is awesome.
0: great. Awesome.
1: So I'm at the point now where I can basically tell if I go a couple of days without uh, miso or kimchi, the skin it gets a little bit more flaky. And I think maybe if I keep pumping in the probiotics, I'll get to a better equilibrium point. Mm. But it's starting i think it's starting to be at this equilibrium now where it's kind of steadily it's getting better and better, mm. but the miso has been really important that's kind mm. of been the the thing that got me over that initial kind of plateau
0: yeah, I love what you said about the taste as well i you know when you're trying to avoid adding too much salt and there's not a lot of sort of other spices and things that go with simple foods like rice it doesn't sort of go that well. I mean the Japanese have got these interesting mixes that you can uh Add, which are all these different little herbs and stuff, but I never really got into that because I looked at the ingredients and with all these little things I didn't recognize and didn't, it felt like I was about to test 40 things at once. Do you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> sure. But yeah, absolutely. And then the, and then the, the bacterial factor as well always was, was front of my mind when I was putting it onto my meals and felt, felt comfortable about it. And all the research I'd done made me, you know, just feel comfortable about consuming it in pretty high quantities as well. Let's talk about, you know, you're living in a um, in a faith-based institution. Obviously, it's sure. a big, big part of your life. In what way have you uh, utilized your faith in God uh, to help you, uh, whether it be relying upon it or just basically giving you reassurance? And to what extent do you feel that that has helped?
1: Sure. So just a background on me, I am in the Congregation of Holy Cross, studying to be a priest within the Catholic Church and also a consecrated religious. We, among other things, are known for founding the University of Notre Dame here in the United States, and also the University of Portland, which I had my my shirt off for them. Uh-huh. We're a religious order founded in France, and we are predominantly educators. Uh, we teach, so that's what we do. That's what I feel called to do ultimately with my life is to teach. Probably something like philosophy. We'll see.
0: Hmm.
1: I am in my fourth year, fourth year of seminary now, and fourth year with the congregation. My, I'm living my second year of temporary vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience, and just about to renew those this summer. What we do in Holy Cross, like to a large degree, is informed by spirituality that, as the name would suggest, is all about redemptive suffering. So we sit with Mary at the foot of the cross, and we believe that the resurrection is always present um, in the world, even though it might appear to be very dark. And so this spirituality, to a large degree, is what drew me to Holy Cross. And also, we have a strong emphasis on family. So uh, we're modeled as a community after the Holy Family. We have priests, brothers, and sisters, all living and working together as religious. And so in conjunction with this spirituality that really is... is Holding on to the hope that the resurrection is always present in the midst of even the greatest darkness we also always have supportive family and friends and um, where I live I actually live in the town where so my seminary my university here is in the town where I grew up so my family's close by mm-hmm. and then I have I have a community of a couple hundred priests and brothers to support me now in terms of Concrete aspects of the spirituality that have been very helpful. The darkest point for me in the journey was when I realized how devastating that psoriatic arthritis can be. And there was one point where I was trying to row on my rowing machine and I just couldn't I just couldn't keep going. I was alone and it was just it was just rough. And I remember thinking at that point and just kind of speaking, I mean, with my heart and just saying, you know, God, I want to live. I want to be alive, and, uh, and shortly thereafter in my prayer, uh, we do a lot of praying, as you can imagine, and so I, I put this to prayer often, and in my prayer, at one, at one point, I just said, you know, God, I accept this, and I say yes to it. You know, I'm grateful for all the gifts that you've given me, and while I don't think that this illness is a gift per se, you know, God does not wish bad things upon us, but he works through them. The resurrection is present even in the midst of these things, and to some degree, that resurrection happens when we embrace the cross. So when we say yes to the moment, when we say yes to the pain, when we say yes to, in my case, um, the arthritis, and also the dietary intervention, now you have this wonderful opportunity actually to say yes to every day, to say yes to every bite of food and say, I take responsibility for this day for myself. And I offer it up like in service to God, in service to his people. And that that mindset of saying yes and accepting everything as a gift has really, I mean, that was kind of the, that's really the fundamental spiritual shift that has borne tremendous fruit in this whole process. And now that I'm on the other side of this, I think, you know, to a large degree, um, the resurrection is imminently, you know, like apparent. Mm-hmm. like getting diagnosed with psoriatic arthritis in many ways has actually been one of the greater gifts I've been given. Aside from my life, my family, my friends, my vocation, Mm. it was like a spiritual wake-up call to say, hey, you you gotta realize that everything is connected and that nature is this wonderful, harmonious thing and you have to appreciate it and you can't take it for granted and you have to take responsibility for it. That's been just like this tremendous insight. And not to mention, I mean, just in terms of kind of moving forward with what I'll do with my life as an educator, as a priest, you know, pastoral and sacramental ministry, to be able to talk to people about suffering, to -hmm. be able to meet them there, but also in some cases to be able to offer some concrete assistance and say, hey, this sounds crazy, but there's actually some good clinical evidence to suggest that by shifting your diet, you can make some really good changes in your life. That, that's really this, in, in Christian terms, Christian theological terms, that's where we bring down what seems to be the ideal of heaven, where it meets earth, when you can actually kind of embody, embody bringing about some of this goodness, you know, in a good and healthy way in which we're listening to nature and which we're like listening to our bodies um, and, and realizing that, I mean, we're, we're going to die eventually. <laughs> but to live life to the full while we have it, you know, it's such a wonderful thing.
0: So oh, yeah. I think
1: that's I think that's what I might say about that.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. I mean, when you're talking, then I can I'm seeing your future in a way that's really beautiful, which is to be able to not just have physical strength and a physical presence that that is vibrant because of the, the you know the, the foods that you eat and the lifestyle that you have, but also be able to, you know, be not just the spiritual support exclusively for a lot of people who come, would will come to you as the minister and say, look, I'm going through these challenges. And, you know, I used to uh, go to church every week when I was in my university years when there was one right there on campus. And we used to go, I used to go every week. And I used to talk to the minister um, here and there about things I was going through and everyone was doing it. I mean, that's part of the sort of the role, I, I think, to be there as a support and a leader. And as you say, to have this additional ability to help or to offer at least some guidance or some direction, uh, in case some of that stuff is physical, which let's face it in a Western world, a lot of people's problems are physical problems. And, you know, without you overstepping the role of, of what you're there for, but being able to just say, Hey, look, I've had some personal experiences and you can, you know, offer some direction. This is powerful. And you're going to have exposure to a lot of people, you know, you might be, uh, in front of a lot of people over many years and so the opportunity to help is is enormous and that's where i think the gift comes in if we can acknowledge that this is our cross to bear that we that an ai disease is something that's long term and it's going to always show up as a dot or show up as a joint pain or show up as a knee pain if we've got those barriers in our life where we're not allowed to cheat like other people with their with their fast foods or whatever if we can accept that and say yes to that, to use your words, which is great, to say yes to that, then we can say yes to what comes with that that can be positive for other people. And the power's in that. Absolutely. That's where the power's at.
1: Mm. Absolutely. And and maybe just a final comment on that too. It, to a large degree, this, this process is not so much about information. It's about witness. It's about actually living the life. And you know, I've told a lot of people about it. and it's not really what i tell them it's it's actually seeing somebody else do it seeing you do it you know seeing all the people on your podcast do it that's what's so cool about this whole thing it's i'm not we're not selling anything really you know like it's it's not a quick fix it's actually just some pretty basic stuff really cheap stuff too <laughs> rice and beans it's more like a way of you know just a way of responsibly approaching the world and approaching your life, and anyways, so it's been, this has been great.
0: Yeah, thank you. And I know, I know you're aware of, uh, I know you're aware of the clock as well. We've we're recording this, and we're coming up to an, to the end of the the turn of the hour here, uh, and I um I've got a one-on-one call that I'm working with someone very shortly. Um, but I'm sure. happy just to let that go. In just a few minutes, so they'll understand when I explain where we're at in this conversation. <laughs> I I sure. also one thing I just want to uh, uh, maybe close with is. Where we can really benefit from having more people with influence and more people with uh, who can act as as a uh, example is strong men like yourself <laughs> who are on a plant based diet okay oh, so yeah, so I want you to keep like uh, i know it's probably not in your nature or whatever to be um, you know on social media platforms showing off you know physical strength and stuff but um in terms of your you know, community that you're with on a nat- natural basis around you who work with you and on a college and, yeah, campus. College a campus. <laughs> yeah. And if you're if if you're slam dunking and, and you're waking up fit and strong each day and you're lifting heavier weights at the gym, which I believe that you you uh you're on a path to be doing, this is a fabulous example and this is helping the world on a community level in such a positive oh, yeah. way.
1: Yeah. I can't wait until that, uh, you're probably familiar with it, that uh, Game Changers documentary comes out. Yeah. Like, I'm, when I have <laughs> that in my back pocket, I'm like, hey, like, look, you don't just have to take my word for it. Yeah. You know, I'm, I might tell you that I'm like feeling more explosive than I've ever felt. But here's a whole bunch of professional athletes who are saying the same thing. Because that's the question, you know, all the young guys ask. They're like, where do you get your protein? You know, or mm. like, can you really thrive on that diet? You know, aren't you going to melt away? (laughs) And I'm like, that's right. for one thing, I get to eat pounds of food. Like I just, it's great. And it tastes great. Yeah, yeah. But it's actually, I mean, if I were just an athlete looking for a competitive advantage, you know, I would totally just do this just for that alone. Well, let
0: me just say something (laughs) on that. I notice that when I go to the gym these days, and I don't know if it's got something to do with age, I'm 43 and when I used to work out a lot, for cosmetic sort of image reasons, not for joint protection reasons. I used to get tremendously sore from working out and it would take me three, four days before I could do my chest again if I did a chest workout. And uh, I've listened to some plant-based bodybuilders talk about this, which is certainly overlaps with my experience that when I work out at the gym now, even if I push pretty hard, I don't get that intense, really intense soreness that I used to get when i was eating a very inflammatory diet Uh, have you experienced this
1: absolutely same experience i think to some degree psoriatic arthritis is maybe like an advanced case of that kind of experience but for myself what i've noticed is i recover you know not instantly but like it really Really quick. quick i don't have this real experience of soreness uh anymore and Another really cool thing, and this this might be more of a psoriatic arthritis thing, but I've added inches of flexibility to like my hamstrings, my shoulders, all sorts of stuff. Like the the quality of my muscle is just much better, and my tendons and everything. I've done some work with that. Like I don't know if you've heard of the book *Becoming the a Supple Leopard*. No. It's all about. Uh, it's by a PT guy, physical therapist guy. The basic idea is how do you get your body always in a state of being supple. Like a leopard, <laughs> you know. Like, how are you always ready to go? Yeah, 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 And I was doing all these exercises and really, you know, foam rolling and doing all that stuff. Yeah. Really helpful. But what's been like exponentially more helpful? Dietary intervention. Mm. I feel I feel ready to go all the time. Mm. You know, for the most part, mm. and uh, limber and just it's really kind of neat. Nobody yeah. believes me, of course. You know, I tell people in the gym, like, hey, you know, like that that nagging kind of injury you know, maybe this diet might help. Give it a try, you know. Yeah. Nobody nobody wants to take me up on the offer, but...
0: No, uh, it's a hard sell. It's a hard yeah. sell. They, <laughs> uh, they, until they need, you know, a lot of people, it takes uh, either a great compassion for animals, and I see this a lot, particularly with very sensitive, you know, caring, nurturing females. A lot of them move to a plant-based diet because of that. And of course, there are obviously a vast number of men for the same reasons who just care about animals. Or it's more commonly... At least in our sphere of of community, uh, health condition, and if you don't have either of those two, where you just you know got the blink the blinders on to the to the suffering of animals, or you don't have any kind of you know massive in uh, health problem, then you kind of just keep into your own path, aren't you? The third one, of Absolutely. course, is to save the planet. No one cares. no one's going to go plant based to save the planet. I've, I've not met one yet.
1: I'm much more open to that now, though. I mean, cause <laughs> I you're right. Yeah, like now. Because my body's like a microcosm of seeing the the environment, yeah, and realizing all that food that I was eating, like, look what it was doing to my body, mm. you know, and just just realizing that nature and creation is such a wonderful gift, and you know, we gotta we have to appreciate it.
0: Absolutely, <laughs> I know it's crazy. It's it's almost like when you've flicked the switch and you've there freed yourself up from that situation where you're eating the the animal based food, animal foods. Then you can suddenly celebrate that you are now contributing to a healthy planet, and it feels good. And you're like, "That's a great thing that I could never have expressed before," you know?
1: Right, right.
0: Look, uh, Gabriel, I'm going to have to uh, uh, say thank you at this point and uh, and close us out. It's just been really, really cool and uh, perhaps one day uh, we'll get to meet in person. I'd love to, to meet in person. Yeah, and,
1: that'd be great. And If you ever want to come up to the University of Notre Dame, uh, I'd be happy to have you here. That'd awesome, be awesome.
0: Awesome, man. I, I, it's got such a great reputation, a very famous uh, education institution, and uh, your parents must be very proud of uh, of all that you've achieved so far and especially uh, turning around uh, your health like you have so quickly in the last, uh, last several months. Keep up the great work, and uh, I look forward to, you know, staying in touch down the track
1: yeah absolutely thank you very much glenn
0: all right and thanks Thanks, for all you do too oh man it's a it's a pleasure you can see why i do it right when you feel good you want to share it with other people
1: (laughs) absolutely okay Um, thanks so much man thank you okay yeah take care you've been listening to the pattison program for more information visit pattisonprogram.com